This is The Jerry Callahan Show. I'm so disappointed this morning. I got up uh, a couple hours ago and uh, got online. First thing I wanted to do was read the hit piece in the Washington Post about Dave Portnoy and his big pizza festival. It's not there. I don't think it's, it may never appear. Maybe they'll get to it later today and post it on their website. Maybe tomorrow it'll be in the uh, actual newspaper or maybe we'll never see, it'll never see the light of day. Maybe Portnoy wins again. I tell you what, I'll tell you what the Washington Post did wrong. I know they want to get them. I know that's what they do. I know the assignment from the beginning for this woman, Emily Heald, was get Portnoy. Let's bring him down. That's what the New York Times has done and Business Insider and other publications. As we talked about yesterday, Portnoy went on the offensive. He got her on the phone for, for 10 minutes. He recorded it. He embarrassed her, humiliated her. It was, it was glorious. But I still thought there would be some version of the story coming out today with one or two people, you know, saying Portnoy's a misogynist. By the way, Portnoy's got to work on... Uh, pronouncing that word. Yeah. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't know how to pronounce it. He might be a misogynist, but he doesn't know how to say it. But uh, he did an amazing job just embarrassing her. But I looked this up this morning. I was curious. Here's what they did wrong. They sent an amateur to do, to do a, a, a professional job. If you're going to send someone to do a hit on Dave Portnoy, you got to do better, uh, Washington Post, than Emily Heal or Heil, I don't even know how to say her name, but uh, Emily Heil is not actually a uh, reporter. Her title in the, on the website is uh, Emily Heil is a reporter covering national food news and trends. Um, this is her last few stories. This is the person the Washington Post sent to bring down Portnoy or to inflict some damage on Portnoy and Barstool. Here's her last few stories. You're ready for this, Ironhead? I'm always ready. Here's, here's the last story. The pumpkin spice latte just turned 20. This is how we got here. <laughs> uh, a few days before that, or the day before that, adults are ordering from the kids' menu to save money. Should they? Ooh, I, I think it's behind a paywall. Man, that's a tempting. I might have to subscribe to get the answer to that question. Uh, a few days before that, Chick-fil-A's pimento cheese chicken sandwich is a detour worth taking. Wow. The Washington Post endorsed a Chick-fil-A sandwich? That's that's amazing. Someone <laughs> someone didn't get the message. They're going to be fired tomorrow. This this just goes on and on. I'll just read a few more because it's, it's hilarious. Uh, what's the best rotisserie chicken? We tried 11 grocery store birds. So she went to a grocery store and bought 11 rotisserie chickens and rates them. I mean, aren't they all kind of similar? They're just baked chicken. Uh, before that, I don't even know what this means. The honey deuce cocktail is the big winner at the U.S. Open. <laughs> the honey. Uh, how about this one? Eggo's brunch in a jar, sip and cream, is a boozy diabolical disaster. <laughs> uh, Italian cheesemaker crushed to death by wheels of his grana Padano. What? That's that's the last two months of Emily Heal's work at the Washington Post. She probably makes one hundred and 
30, 150 grand to do this. And they finally gave her their big assignment. You got to get Portnoy. So she emails all the uh, vendors, the pizza people who are showing up at this uh, festival tomorrow and asked them, you know, do you know he's a misogynist and a racist? And uh, I'm not sure anyone responded. Obviously, they immediately forwarded the email to Portnoy, and the rest is history. It was a blueprint. I'm not sure everybody could do, anybody who uh, is a target from the Washington Post can do this, but it sure did work. It may have even killed the story. It certainly embarrassed this woman who told Portnoy, as we played yesterday, that uh, using that negative description of him, characterization of him, was a reporting tactic to get a dialogue started with the pizza vendors. You want to look at the real scandal? This pizza festival cost $200. <laughs> now, maybe, Ironhead, you could get your money's worth. I don't think I could eat $200. I don't care how good the pizza is. Do they? Do you at least get like a hat or something? I know it's, I'm, I got no problem. It's It's capitalism. You, you charge what you charge, and, and they got it, right? He sold the thing out. Mm-hmm. 5,000 people, but I can't have carbs, so I can't go. 5,000 people paying 200 each? Yeah. I believe that's, uh, do the math, it's a million dollars, right? That's a million dollars. A million dollars for one afternoon on Coney Island. I'm sure it'll be great. They'll have a blast, and maybe it's, you know, a business expense for pizza people. But And, and God knows the Washington Post helped promote it. Uh, he got coverage everywhere. I mean, this thing went global. It was just the biggest story of the day yesterday because people are tired of this. They're tired of, you know, these cancel culture scumbags like at the, at the Washington Post and New York Times and, and every other mainstream media outlet. We went over all the people yesterday. Now they're coming after Elon Musk. Elon Musk, who's just done amazing things for this country. He is the biggest taxpayer we have and they want to bring him down. The Biden administration wants to bring him down, the Biden DOJ, because he hired too many Americans. They're mad at him because he didn't hire enough illegal aliens. And they'll go, you know what? They're not going to stop. This is the new This is the new tactic from the left. They're going to go after, uh, I'm sure they already have tried to go after Tucker Carlson. They want to bring him down before he does any more damage, before he interviews any more of Barack Obama's boyfriends. They're going to try to uh, uh, stop him. You'll see there'll be a hit on Jesse Waters. They'll they'll come after anybody on the right. Hell, they got someone with a camera watching Lauren Boebert, you know, fondle her boyfriend. (laughs) They don't know who dropped the pipe bombs uh, in the Capitol on January 5th. You know, they don't know who left the cocaine in the White House, but they know who is rubbing Lauren Boebert's boobies. We know that. I've always told you Lauren Boebert's the one that does it for me. She well, she liked the crazy ones, and she apparently <laughs> she's a thirty-seven-year-old grandmother, and she's about four feet tall. But she is a uh, she's a wild one. You could just tell. You could see it in her eyes. She was vaping, and she was uh, going to I don't know. Uh, she was petting. She was petting little little uh, over kinda, the, and over the pantser is what we call it. Yeah, right. Right. I'm guessing those two kids had a good time after yeah. the show and. They were doing this during Beetlejuice, a live performance of Beetlejuice. I thought the whole point of Beetlejuice was the special effects and the things, the, whatever, the snakes that come out of his head. Mm. How do you do that in a theater? I don't know. But the weirdest part about that whole thing is that was their first date and apparently their yeah. last. <laughs> yeah, she said she's done with him. He's a he's a Democrat who owns a bar that hosts gay uh, 
a gay-friendly bar that hosts drag shows, drag queen shows. So uh, they got her. They got her. But you know what? It, it doesn't matter. These are the same people who support a president who sniffs little kids' hair and showers with his daughter, and same people who support you know Barney supported Barney Frank and all kinds of reprobates. So uh, they aren't ex. Uh, you know, they're hypocrites as we know. But. Uh, Nothing yet on the uh, Portnoy event from the Washington Post. We'll keep an eye on it. You know what? I have some advice. I, I'm, I'm, I'm serious about this. I'm, I have some advice today for Republicans in Congress and the Senate and, and everyone in D.C., including the uh, candidates for the nomination who are running, including Donald Trump. You know what they should do today, right now, immediately, when they wake up today, when they get to work today, when they get dressed up and go out campaigning they should forget about Hunter Biden. Just forget it for now. Put it on the shelf. They should forget about the economy. They should forget about Ukraine. Yeah, you know what? They should forget about Ukraine completely and focus on one thing. These people should be down in Texas right now. Donald Trump next week, when they have the debate uh, in, in, in California, the next Republican debate on Fox News business, Trump's skipping it. And he's going to go to Michigan to meet with the United Auto Workers. Forget that, Donald. Go to Texas. Go to Eagle Pass, Texas. If you've seen the video, it's just infuriating. It is mind-boggling. It is insane what's happening at the border. There are many reasons if we've gone over every day to impeach Joe Biden. There are countless impeachable offenses from Afghanistan to to the, the bribes to the $1 billion that he used to leverage to get the prosecutor fired to protect his son's corrupt company. We know that. We've gone over all these things. But nothing is more damaging, nothing's more destructive to this country than his policy at the border, which can be summed up in a few words. Let everybody in. Let them all in and give them IDs. Let them work. Let them go to school. Let them overwhelm our system. This is an intentional destruction of the border of the country. Joe Biden is the cartel's best friend. Joe Biden is the drug dealer's best friend. He's letting them in. People are dying in record numbers. I think we got another drowning in the uh, uh, Rio Grande yesterday. People are, are dying from fentanyl poisoning all across the country. And it's all been facilitated by this president. The fact that he's tied with Donald Trump is just mind-blowing. And for, uh, that's the way I view it. That's the same way they view it on MSNBC and CNN, but for different reasons. They can't believe Donald Trump, who's facing 91 indictments, is tied with Joe Biden. I can't believe Joe Biden is tied with Donald Trump while doing this to the country, while destroying cities. Eric Adams said this influx of migrants, which is nothing compared to what they're dealing with in Texas, has destroyed New York City. So the sitting president has destroyed our greatest city, our biggest city. And he people there are going to vote for him again? I mean, it's one thing to vote for these for this man and these policies and not really consider the consequences. That's what all these Democrats, Kathy Hochul, is now telling migrants, illegal immigrants, to go away, go somewhere else. Maura Healy's declared a state of emergency in Massachusetts. Massachusetts, a far left uh, Democrat uh, governor. So they're all waking up to the mistake they made two and a half years ago. They elected this man who told 
for once told the truth. He said he encourages immigrants to surge to the border. He said that in September 2020, three years ago this month, surge to the border because that's who we are, he said. Well, they took him up on it. They surged to the border and the Biden administration did everything in their power to get, allow them to enter the country. I mean, it's one thing to go change Trump's policies in some way or some uh, in some form. It's another thing to literally cut holes in the wall, to literally remove the razor wire from the Rio Grande and open the gates, literally open the gates to this country and say, come on in. They're not even hiding it anymore. It, if you haven't seen some of the reporting down there, it's incredible, just huge caravans of people walking across the border into the country. You have the, the, the you have the, this this one video of the um, of one of the illeg- illegals asking a border patrol agent, "What do I do now?" And he says, "You're free to go, <laughs> go wherever you want." He says, "Can I go to Chicago?" And the guy says, "Sure, go wherever you want." That's the policy of the president, the intentional destruction of the country. And just think of all the problems that stem from this. Number one being the drugs. We lost over 100,000 people to fentanyl poisoning last year. This week, there was, let me, I got all these numbers, just sitting there um, writing down, just trying to chronicle. This week, 110 pounds of fentanyl was uh, seized at the border. This week. 110 pounds would kill the whole world a hundred times over. It takes two milligrams to kill a person. 110 pounds of fentanyl. Joe Biden was allowing to enter this country. Here's the numbers, which are just amazing. We've already set the new record. It's September 22nd, uh, 2,388,350 migrant encounters. That means illegal aliens walking into this country. 2.4 million so far this year. We're over 5 million under Joe Biden, 5 million people. And ooh, we get all kinds of new surprises when you let this many people unvetted, unvaxxed into the country. Uh, This from, I believe Fox News reported this this morning, breaking news, three cases of tuberculosis uh, in uh, in uh, Texas, in, I believe in Eagle Pass, three cases of tuberculosis. So they're bringing in not new diseases, old diseases that were eradicated, but they're bringing them back, baby. Diversity is our strength. We got fentanyl, we got tuberculosis, we got gangs, MS-13, child sex trafficking, all intentional. How can anybody support this? I, I mean, I asked that question about a number of issues, but I really, I really mean it this time. If you're a Democrat and you're looking at this, you're okay with this? You voted for this? You want this? It's just, I mean, it's it's sinister. It's cynical. Here is the calculation the Democrats have made. They obviously, they pushed this buffoon, this empty bag of bones uh, in, in 2020. They hit him in the basement. They did everything they could to get him elected, ballot harvesting, mail-in balloting, you name it. They got him in office. They succeeded. He didn't campaign. He didn't do anything to earn the job, but he wasn't Trump. So they get him in office and now he's 80. He's almost 81 going on 110. Now he's feeble. Now he's incompetent, incoherent. We'll get to that. So they know it's going to be tough to get him reelected. They, if he stepped aside, they would be forced to deal with Kamala Harris. That's a tough one. A completely incompetent, 
black woman. They don't know what to do. You know what they're going to do? They're going to lose. I mean, they're going to risk losing. They may not lose. We'll wait and see. But if they lose in 2024, they'll be set up to win forever. That'll be the last election they'll lose. They're going to let in 10 million illegal aliens. They're going to let them work if they want to work. They're going to give them IDs. In California, they're already considering legislation to let illegal aliens vote. In California, that's where it all begins. Within two years, that idea is going to spread across the country. Every blue city, they'll be talking about, oh, yeah, the immigrants, they're the best of us. We're all immigrants. No human's illegal. And there'll be serious proposals to give them all citizenship and give them all the right to vote. And then Republicans will never win another election the rest of our lives. That is the plan. It is sinister. It is evil. It is cynical. It's, it's, it's anti-American, but they don't care. We are watching the intentional destruction of the country by one political party. It's mind-blowing to, to see this unfold in real time. And if you're not paying attention, you really should, because um, it is chilling, and it's hard to believe anybody supports it. I mean, whatever happened to just, you know, like 20 years ago, Joe Biden was for a strong border. Bernie Sanders was was big proponent for a strong border. They, Barack Obama talked about putting fencing up along the southern border. Now Democrats tear it all down and say, come on in, because they want to turn Texas blue, Arizona blue, and eventually the whole country blue. That is the plan. It's going to be tough to get through the next couple of years because Democrats are looking at this, you know, like Eric Adams and hell, the, the mayor of uh, um, El Paso is begging Biden to close the border. His city is overwhelmed. They're not going to do that. They, they're, they're willing to pay a price. The price is 100,000 dead Americans from fentanyl, border towns overwhelmed, gangs getting a foothold all over the country, maybe some terrorists getting in. We know hundreds of people on the terrorist watch list have entered this country. It's a risk they think is worth taking for future elections, for future changes in demographics. And the whole thing is just so disturbing. It's hard to believe that anybody out there, as they watch this unfold, anyone who's not a total anarchist or a George Soros type is okay with it. It really is hard to believe anybody is okay with this. But I will give Biden credit. Yesterday, he spoke to the Congressional Hispanic Conference uh, Caucus. He said it was great to be here with the Congressional Black Caucus as he was speaking to the Congressional Hispanic Caucus. It was one of many gaffes, just another daily occurrence of our president embarrassing this this country on stage. Uh, But uh, he's not even being subtle anymore. He is literally talking about, come on in. We're going to give you jobs. We're going to give you citizenship. This is what we're all about. He, he made a speech and you might need an interpreter because there's a lot of mumbling and bumbling. He's, he can't read the teleprompter anymore. He's not capable of it, but I was stunned at how candid he was. I mean, we'll get to his press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, who just flat out lies and says, oh, the border's secure, or Mayorkas, who just flat out lies, oh, the border's secure. It's just a lie. I mean, the, the border is not secure by design by these people, and part of the strategy is open the border and lie and say it's not open. But anyway, let's listen to Biden describe his plan for immigration. It is remarkably 
he is remarkably uh, honest here. He's not even pretending that he has any interest in stopping the invasion. Go ahead, play this. First, we put in place policies that process people in a fair and fast way. Second, we're significantly expanding legal pathways for entry so businesses can get the workers they need. Families don't have to wait for a decade to be together. I've also directed my team to make a historic increase in the number of refugees admitted from Latin America. People fleeing violence and persecution who simply want the kids to have a better life. Next week, my team will consult with Congress on this plan. Third, we're supporting states and cities that have seen a surge in immigrants. We've developed federal experts and deployed them to help train city workers. We've launched outreach campaigns, helping over a million eligible migrants apply for work permits. And we're accelerating the process for work permit applications. Right now, most migrants have to wait six months after filing a claim before they can go to work. Only Congress can change that. But the Secretary of Homeland Security can take extraordinary action. And yesterday, given the poor conditions in Venezuela, Secretary Mayorkas announced temporary protection for hundreds of thousands of Venezuelans already in this country. There's, there's not a word, not a word in the speech about protecting Americans, <laughs> about protecting the cities along the southern border that have been overwhelmed, the small towns that have been overwhelmed, not a word about stopping fentanyl or gangs or guns or sex trafficking. All it is is about bringing in more illegal aliens, giving them jobs, protecting them, getting, getting them on a pathway to citizenship, i.e. voting for Democrats. I, how is he getting for a 44% in polls against Trump? How has he got even a 38% approval rate? How does he have an approval rating above zero? How does anybody approve of this? It's absolute madness. Of course, we see the video. We see the numbers. In one day uh, this week, 10,000 illegals came over the border in Texas in one day. The, I believe the week was over 50,000. But one day, 10,000 bringing bring all, almost all military age men, not a lot of families, not a lot of kids, not a lot of old ladies, just young, healthy males looking to game the system. Uh, but now we know from Joe Biden whose fault it is. Of course, it's Trump's fault. This is a tough one. This is a tough sell. Blaming Trump, who was known for one thing, you know, yeah. building a wall. He didn't, he only got 450 miles done. Uh, they stopped him. First thing Joe Biden did was stop the wall when he took office uh, two and a half years ago. But if you talk to anybody or hear from any border patrol agent, they say it's night and day. You know, the border was secure. The numbers uh, prove that. But somehow it's Trump's fault and the GOP's fault. Do you have that other cut from Biden yesterday? Sure uh, do. We, we might need subtitles. Uh, I think he lost his way a little bit on the teleprompter, but this is, uh, according to Joe, it's all uh, the GOP's fault. Go ahead. For decades, immigration reform has been a bipartisan in this country. Unfortunately, the mega Republican in Congress and my predecessor spent four years gutting the immigration system under my predecessor. They continue to undermine our border security today, blocking bipartisan reform. He went with the bipartisan leg locks again. Gutting immigration policy. That's what Trump did, according to this liar. But I guess that's what you expect from gutting. 
I mean, I don't care who you are. You could be the biggest hack on MSNBC. You know, that's not true. It's just not true. He was uh, unusually, surprisingly candid in the previous cut saying, here's what we want. We want more. Come on in. This is well, who we I are. signed the bipartisan infrastructure. <laughs> there was a lot of that yesterday at the Congressional Hispanic Caucus uh, meeting which uh, he started by saying it's great to be here with the Congressional Black Caucus, but uh, um, they don't know what to say. Obviously, normally their their go-to response to any question about the border is to lie. As uh, Now Corinne Jean-Pierre, this child, this little bratty girl is what she is. Peter Ducey asks her about the 10,000 people crossing the border in one day. And uh, listen to her exchange. She can't handle a little pushback. And by the way, I don't, I don't think it's included in this cut, but she blows off Peter Ducey and there's no follow-up from the other, from all the little lap dogs and lick spittles in the crowd. You would think even if you're a devoted leftist, which is most of the Washington press corps, these videos, this, this surge at the border, this insanity, this unsustainable insanity at the border might pique your interest. You might have a question for it, question for her. You might follow it up and maybe write a whole story about it. Kind of, it's kind of a big deal. I'm going to guess the next question after this was probably about climate change, but let's listen to this exchange by the one man Washington press corps. Oh, I can't forget James Rosen from Newsmax. He's great, but she rarely calls on him. She, for some reason she calls on Ducey and the deuce man uh, brought it yesterday. Go ahead. What do you call it? Here at the White House, when 10,000 people illegally cross the border in a single day. So what do you call it, Peter, when GOP puts forth a... a, a wait, no, 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 you can't. I'm answering... Okay, we're going to move on. No, 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 we're moving on. Great, please. In the back. No, no, you said you were stopping the flow of the border. No, no, I tried to answer... Peter, I tried to answer the question. You stopped me. Let's go. That's her answer. What do you call it when 10,000 people cross the border? The woman who says the border is secure, obviously a liar. Um, but she can't even answer the question. That's her response. She turns and says, we're going to go to somebody else. And I, somebody else asks some other irrelevant question. It's amazing. This person is supposed to speak for the administration. This is kind of a big job. And she refuses to do it because she didn't like the fact that Peter Ducey put his hand up and try to stop her from passing the buck, blaming the Republicans. I'm sorry, that doesn't work. We see the video. How is it the Republicans' fault that they are literally cutting the razor wire? Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, puts the razor wire and the big flotation devices in the Rio Grande to stop people from swimming and drowning in the Rio Grande. And the always compassionate and humane Biden administration sends someone there to cut the razor wire and encourage people to swim across the Rio Grande where two people drowned this week. They don't care, but one was a three-year-old kid. Joe Biden doesn't care about three-year-old kids at all, unless he can give them a sniff. Uh, but yeah, it's the price they pay for bringing in a whole new class of Democrats. That's the goal. They won't answer the question honestly. The goal, the policy is to find more, find ways to get more of these people here I mean, they just, they're going to grant work permits to a half a million Venezuelans. And the, the, the headline in the New York Times was half a million Venezuelans who can get work permits to temporarily work. Really? You think the people who get work permits and get jobs, I don't know, a year from or two are going to go back to Venezuela? That is never going to happen. 
every single person you see crossing the border in Eagle Pass, Texas, or in Arizona, or anywhere else, the people on that train from Mexico, they're never leaving. They're never leaving. The minute they touch down and they get in hotel rooms and three meals a day and phones, some of them are getting jobs. They're going to get IDs. They're going to get work permits. They're going to get free health care. They're going to overwhelm the schools and the hospitals and the emergency rooms, and they're never leaving. We know that. He knows that. She knows it, but she's, well, maybe she doesn't. She's not very bright, but she's a liar, too. That's what she is. This is a quote from the mayor of El Paso, a Democrat, Rolando Salinas. He said of the new influx, he's been overwhelmed by Venezuelan immigrants in the last week. He says, they don't want to listen to instructions. Not all of them have come in peace. This is a Democrat saying these new immigrants from Venezuela did not come in peace, making the whole thing even more untenable and uh, unsustainable. It's just remarkable that everybody isn't pissed about this. And while I do want him to continue, I want James Comer to continue investigating the Biden crime family. I want them investigating every scandal we've gone through with Joe Biden. But this should be front and center. This should be where they should right now, like DeSantis and Vivek and Nikki, they should be in Texas. They should have the debate in Texas. That's where they should have the third debate in Eagle Pass. They probably have an Elks Hall or a, uh, or American Legion or something. Just that's where it should be right at the border all day before the debate. They should all be watched down there with their crews. That would force the media, not just Newsmax and Fox News, all the media to cover this disaster at the southern border, a disaster by design. The biggest scandal, there's lots of impeachable offenses. This goes to the top of the list. Hunter Biden and all the rest of the scandals can wait. You have to focus on this because this, there's no American, no American who thinks this is a good idea. No American who is on board with this utter insanity. They must draw attention to it. They must force the media to get down there and cover it. All right, we got a lot more to get to on this. Ooh, we got lots of comments on the comment line. Are you sticking them aside for me? I'm going to get to the comments and questions today. It is a Rumble Friday. Uh, we got to get to uh, the latest on the two teens who killed a retired police chief for fun in Vegas. They've both been captured. They've both been arrested. They've appeared in court, and you're not going to believe what one of these dirtbags said. By the way, one of them just turned 18. Does that mean we can execute him? Yeah. I hope so, because that's 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 what he deserves. Uh, we'll get to John Fetterman, another liar, a brain dead liar. But uh, I'm going to remind you what uh, he said and his doctor said less than a year ago when he was running for office. It doesn't look like they were telling the truth. And Tom Brady spoke to uh, Deion Sanders and his, sedan, his son Shadur, who's the biggest star in college football, and he had uh, he had a problem with Shadur. Am I saying that right? Shadur? I think so. What kind of name is, what kind of name is Shadur? Uh, but that's uh, his son, the biggest star. He's been unbelievable. By the way, Colorado, I was. I said, one of these weeks, I'm going to sit down and watch him. Last week, they played Colorado State. It was amazing. Went into overtime. It started at 10 p.m. It ended at 2 in the morning. This week, they play Oregon at, Oregon at 3.30, I believe, Eastern. They're 21-point underdogs. You think Dion Mania is big now? you imagine if they beat Oregon as a 21-point underdog on the road? Oh, my goodness, that will be wild. But we'll get to that and lots more. But first, 
Excuse me. We're proud to announce a new sponsor today, Vault U.S. Gold. Vault U.S. Gold is a new breed of gold dealer. They've been in the industry for years, and they hate the questionable sales tricks and tactics that some other dealers use. Vault U.S. Gold was created to offer fair and honest deals to their customers. What makes them different? Well, first, they don't pay their salespeople commissions so they can focus on helping you, not lining their own pockets. Second, Your needs are a priority. They ask about your preferences, tolerance for risk, and ultimate goals. They create a custom-written proposal that details exactly what you're buying and the current price. Few dealers are that transparent because they don't want you to see their huge markups. And if you're thinking of adding gold to your IRA account, this is the right team. They're specialists in gold IRAs. Give Vault USA a call at 833-511-4653. Mention you heard it on this show and you'll get a free gift or visit them online at vaultusgold.com. That's vaultusgold.com. Look at all these questions. Uh, I'll get climate change. Oh, a Bruins question. Oh, good. We'll get to all that, I promise. But uh, I want to remind people, we know John Fetterman is in the news. He is just a complete embarrassment. It's uncomfortable just looking at him. He was the, uh, what do you call it, uh, the overseeing the Senate in the big chair where normally the Senate majority leader sits, but the Senate majority, you know, Schumer was busy doing something. So they put him up in the big chair in gym shorts. Yesterday he met, I believe, with uh, Zelensky and the Ukrainian delegation. And for once, they weren't the worst dressed people in the room. Uh, he did go to kind of a collared shirt with buttons, but it's a big baggy thing. He still had the gym shorts, the sneakers. Uh, th- this slob forced them to change the rules in the Senate, which is so bizarre to me. Everyone's talking about it. No one can make any sense of it. Why can't, uh, if he just wore like a decent dress shirt and, you know, baggy khakis and sneakers, no one would have even noticed. No one would have said, where's your tie? Where's your coat? They would have just said, you know, that's the way he is. No big deal. But because he wears gym shorts, because he dresses like, you dress, I don't know, to take out the trash. You wouldn't wear what he wears to go to, you know, to go to Walmart and make a run to or go to the grocery store. He, he's just such a slob and such an embarrassment. I understand he has some condition where, you know, his sensory, I don't know what you'd call it, sensory processing disorder where the clothes, certain clothes bother him. But if you wore like a baggy dress shirt and pants, you'd be fine. I mean, he likes this. He likes to, you know, make the crowd bend. He's like one of these uh, transgender athletes. He's like Leah Thomas. My desires, my little personal desires supersede everything else. So screw you. I'm going to embarrass the whole Senate by showing up looking like I'm here to, you know, pick up the garbage. Oh, my God, really? I think they may change the rule, by the way. Dick Durbin, a couple other Democrats have said they disagree with Schumer changing the rules for this slob. But this was from last October. He's running, as you recall, he ran against Dr. Oz, who was a bad candidate chosen by Donald Trump, costing the Senate. And, uh, you know, we had the debate with Oz, which was an utter embarrassment. This was a couple of weeks before the election. Dr. Clifford Chen, his personal physician, uh, did a visit with uh, Fetterman, gave him a big checkout, uh, checkup. And he wrote a letter in support of Fetterman saying he's in perfect health. He said, overall, 
uh, Lieutenant Lieutenant Governor Fetterman is well and shows strong commitment to maintaining good fitness and health. He has no work restrictions and can work full duty in public office. And of course, they didn't have the medical report. They just had this letter and they waved it around in the final weeks of the campaign and said, see, he's fine. And they lied and said, he's getting better with therapy. He wasn't. He'd reached his peak. This is what he is, what he is. He walks around with a phone that has this transcription service because he can't understand people. He can't process their words. He has to look at his phone. And he made a speech, whatever, yesterday um, to a group of disabled people because I guess he's going to play the disabled card yet now, even though he said he was in perfect health and could uh, perform all the duties. He can't even put on pants, let alone, you know, understand major legislation and make an educated vote on uh, big bills. He can't, he can't, he's not capable and he's got five more years, <laughs> which is just, just uh, this guy is going to be in the Senate for five more years. Uh, but let's listen to a little bit of him speaking in this committee meeting with uh, some disabled people, genuinely disabled who, and, you know, God bless them. It's an issue. It's a, you know, uh, we should hear from them. But tell me this guy's capable of performing the duties as a senator. He's just not. I'd play some of this. Thank you for coming. And for me, uh, it's been a very personal issue with me. And I'm going to show this, uh, and then I'm going to describe this to others, uh, others. This is my iPhone, and this is a transcription service that allows me He's to talking better. fully participate in this meeting and conversations with my children and interacting with my, my staff. You know, I had a stroke about 18 months ago, you know, and I have lost my ability to fully process language. And I like to think I was an empathetic person, truly. But until that happened, um, it... I've raised to a whole different kind of level as well. And it's profound to know now that I never really considered that without this kind of technology, I couldn't watch television. And I can't imagine if I didn't have this kind of a bridge to allow me to, con- to communicate with, with other people f- effectively. And, you know, because I live in a political environment, I was ridiculed and made fun of because I wasn't able to process things sometimes or say things. things. So I'm so sorry that I'm sure many of you had to go through this kind of thing. You know, I was lucky that I was, I was uh, lucky enough to go through my life. The vast majority of that with that, this kind of disability that I have, but, um, but Again, I can't imagine and how the, the challenges and I and I admire you know everyone that has to kind of live with these kind of struggles and 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 prevail over them. And the the questions, he's, he's, you're right. He sounds much better. He's you you feel for him. You say, man, it must be tough not be able to understand spoken language or deal in dialogue with people. But he doesn't belong in the Senate. I mean, you know, he deserves our sympathy. He doesn't deserve to be in the Senate. That's the whole point. He didn't say that last October, that he's incapable of understanding and processing language. I mean, you could see his struggle. He said just the opposite, said he was tipped up, ready to go. They lied. And maybe it wouldn't matter. Maybe it would have made him more sympathetic. He would have beat Oz by even more. 
but he's not going to get better. A U.S. senator can't understand the spoken word, needs to have his phone there to transcribe everything. You know, it's, 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 we are not a country of men. We're a country of laws. There's other people who could perform that duty. They're crazy left-winger Bernie bros in Pennsylvania who could perform that duty without needing a transcribing device on their phone. So I just, you know, you, 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 you don't know. I don't hate the guy. I don't think anyone hates him. They feel bad for him. By the way, he said he would put on a suit if the Republicans would continue funding the war in Ukraine and not shut down the government. So he can wear a suit if you do what he demands. If you continue the, to escalate the war and, and hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians and Russians continue to die, he'll be happy and he'll put on a suit. Got that. Got it. But I think they're going to make him put on at least a dress shirt. How's that? We'll compromise. Get some nice, comfy, baggy, stretchy pants and a nice baggy dress shirt and uh, tuck it in. Uh, I know that's tough. I know it's a, asking a lot of you, you big lug, but we're, we're going to demand it. Anyone that's ever had a mustache like that does talk like that. So he's on brand. You, you, so you're not thinking it's an imposter anymore. It's a body double. You give up on that. It's weird. Like one week he'll look like he lost 80 pounds. The next week it looks like it's back. And then his face is you see skinny. The body double. Did you see the video of the Biden body double? There's a guy that looks just like Biden and they caught him on his camera and it's, and the, you know, the conspiracy theorists ran wild and said, that's a body double for Biden. It's an interesting one. I almost, I almost retweeted it and said, we should talk about it. Maybe we will another day. We'll see if it's got legs, but I want to get to this Vegas story in case you weren't infuriated enough with the, uh, with the border crisis, with the invasion over the southern border. We talked about this a lot the other day. These two teens in Vegas who stole a car. Apparently they stole a bunch of cars and uh, they went out and they smashed into other cars for fun. And then they ran down uh, Andreas Probst, retired police chief, for fun. They killed him just for kicks on camera. It was a big story you know, on right-wing podcasts and on Newsmax and Fox News, but I don't think the mainstream media touched it, of course. If the races were reversed, there would have been no other story in the news for the last two weeks. It would have been the only thing anyone talked about if you reversed the races, but that goes without saying. We have their names, we have their video, uh, their sh- uh, the camera, pictures of them in court, video of them in court. Uh, this is from the... Uh, Vegas, uh, what station, uh, eight now news eight now in Vegas, uh, the, uh, K L A S the teenager who police say intentionally struck and killed retired police chief in Las Vegas said he would quote, get a slap on the wrist after he was taken to custody. Investigators learned Jesus Ayala 17 at the time, now 18. Uh, showed no remorse while being taken into custody. Ayala uh, faces 18 counts, including murder, and has a lengthy criminal history in the juvenile system. Quote, you think this juvenile bleep is going to do some bleep? I'll be out in 30 days. I'll bet you. Uh, It's just a bleeping hit and run, a slap on the wrist. That's what the guy said. He's 18. He's a man. That's what this man said after murdering an innocent 64-year-old cyclist. Um, the, when he said that, official officers had not yet mentioned a hit and run to Ayala at that point in the conversation. He brought it up. 
uh, they said he was being booked on an obstruction of justice, and he brought up the hit and run. Uh, the other guy, they got two. He's younger. Um, let me get his name. They're both in court. The other guy, his name is uh, Jiz- uh, I don't even know how to say it. Jizmir, J Z A M I R, Jizmir, Jizmir, Jamir Keys, sixteen. He's got a tattoo on his face. He's sixteen, and uh, he's busted too. I, I guess. I guess Jameer is too young to execute, but I don't see why Jesus. Why can't we uh, execute Jesus? I mean, that, I mean, I mean, executing Jesus is a tale as old as time. Yeah, it's been done. It's been done before. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's unprecedented. <laughs> Imagine that naming this kid Jesus. This kid is evil. I mean, just pure evil. All right, we'll keep we'll 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 follow the case and see if he's telling the truth. See if he will indeed be out in 30 days with a slap on the wrist. I have my doubts, but uh, I just can't even grasp how big a story that would be if those two white punks said, uh, you know, they killed him and they'll all, oh, it's just a hit and run. What's the big deal? All they did was kill some old cop. Uh, all right, let me do Shay. I'm going to get to um, Tom Brady, Tom Brady's advice. He's not happy with one aspect of uh Shadura's Sanders, the, 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 Biggest star in college football right now. Shadur sat down or went on Tom Brady's podcast. And uh, I couldn't believe this, by the way. I can't believe that kids in college have this kind of dough. But I guess that's the NIL world we live in. But first. Excuse me. As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com and... While you're there, you can look for a job. Shake Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. We're going to get to some of these questions and comments. We got a lot over there, don't we? Good. Anyway, um, uh, Shadur, if you're not paying attention, is the biggest star of college football. He's got like a Grab his stats if you could, Ironhead. They're unbelievable. He's completing like 85% of his passes. He's just, he led his team on his unbelievable drive in overtime. I mean, in in regulation to tie Colorado State and win in overtime. Huge win. They're 3-0. Dion is just the biggest star. All, everybody's, he was just, CNN just had a big piece in the middle of their news show in the morning. They went out to Colorado and sat down with Dion and talked to all the players and they are a big, big deal. It may come, they may come crashing back to earth this week. They're twenty-one point underdogs. Then again, maybe they won't. If they win this game and they go to four and zero and they beat Oregon on the road, man, Dion is going to be bigger than friggin' Taylor Swift by this time next week. Uh, but Dion and Shadur. And by the way, did you check to see if I'm pronouncing that right? 
I, I think, think you're, I, I think you're right. I think I'm good. I don't know what it means. Shadur and, uh, and his dad went on uh, Tom Brady's podcast with, I think, is this, are these are stats. Look yep. at the number. Look, look at those. Seventy nine percent completing seventy nine percent, and that that's that college rating. I don't even know how to calculate the seventy nine percent. Once you get ten touchdowns, one pick, and uh, and uh, three wins, three and zero. Oh. Man, what a start! No nepotism there. Colorado has eighty six new players. Doesn't team only have like a hundred players? I mean, there's just nobody left from the one win team. He brought in a whole new bunch of kids, coached them up and got them to three and oh, anyway, uh, good luck. I'm starting to come around on Dion friend of mine from Denver said he's driving the liberals nuts out there. Cause every interview he talks about Jesus, and God, and it's got always wearing a big cross. And I don't know if it's uh, sincere, but he says all the libs in, in Boulder and in Denver are, uh, annoyed by it, but, uh, and they know he's going to leave first chance he gets to go to the NFL. Although he sure looks like he's having fun. I think he's going to be there for at least, uh, a, a, uh, two well, years. He clearly yeah. wouldn't be going for the money as we're about to find out. <laughs> no kidding. Listen, listen to this. This is Shadour and Dion with Tom Brady. This is the one issue Brady has with Shadour. Go ahead, play it. One question before I go, Tom, do you think a college kid needs a phantom like a Rose? No. Nah. Hey, now it's not a phantom. It's a Rolls Royce telling I think he needs to get his ass in the film room and spend as Thank much you. time in there as possible. Thank you, Tom. Less time in the car and more time in the film room. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. I seen you have one too, Tom. Don't think I, I seen you. <laughs> I was just a rental. Hey, I had a few bucks in my pocket at that point. I, I'll see some car stories when we're together next time. That is unbelievable. I checked to see if this is for real. He really has a Rolls Royce. He's a college kid. And he's, I guess he's made millions with the NIL and uh, I don't even know how that works, but he's making money. But even if you were making money, even if your father is fabulously wealthy, you really want to start, you got his age right in front of you. What is his age? Shadur. Uh, let me get um, that back up. You want to start with a Rolls Royce? What do you get next? This kid's going to play in the NFL. He's going to make millions, tens and tens and hundreds of millions. Maybe he's 21. What do you buy next? If you're 20 years old and you drive a Rolls Royce. Yeah, he, he just turned 21. Uh, just turned 21. Oh, no, he had a Rolls Royce before he could legally drink a beer. That's just dumb. I mean, he's great. He's spectacular. He seems like a decent guy. I'm, I'm going to enjoy, you know, the Shador era. But he's driving a Rolls Royce. He's right. Brady had, remember in L.A. a couple months ago, Brady was out with, I don't know, one of his new girlfriends. And he had a Rolls Royce, which I thought was a bad look. But he said it was a rental. So Tom rents Rolls Royces, Shador buys them. That's life in college football now, I guess. That is weird. Uh, I mean, and Dion couldn't stop him. He couldn't say, son, you know, how about you just drive a, I don't know, a Beamer. How about you get a, a nice, whatever, F-150? If you look back at Deion Sanders' career, he was uh, pretty showy. So I'm, I'm That's true. And I'm sure, sure he he's driving he's, he, probably something similar. But, yeah. uh, and you know what? Whatever Shadour is doing is working so far. It just seems like a weird move to drive I mean, a Rolls Royce around, yeah. around your college campus. Yeah. Uh, you know, surrounded by all these beat up Toyota Corollas in the parking lot and in comes the Rolls Royce. I yeah. don't know. Any, uh, any, any know. thoughts on Thursday night football last night, aside from already off to a better start than last week for you? <laughs> I had, the, I had the Niners, right? Did I yeah. check? Yeah, I had the Niners. Yes. Yeah. It was, you know, you know what? It was a slug fest. I mean, it was boring. 
in for a while. And uh, San Francisco is freaking good, man. They are, are loaded. They get stars at every position. They have the best running back in the game. One of the best defensive uh, pass rushers. They have uh, studs. All the Debo Samuel. What a stud he is. It's like a running back at the wideout position. San Fran has got a good coach. They are. Are they the favorite to represent the NFC or the Cowboys still the favorite? I don't know, but Cowboys Niners, that'd be a good old school NFC championship. But uh, the Giants without Saquon had no shot. No shot. They were just the pass rushers too good for the Niners. Did you have the Niners or the Giants? I, I, had, I had the Niners. I said the old me would have taken the Giants just to be different, but I'm not doing that this year. <laughs> so I, mean, I went with know, the Niners. Went to Arizona, won in dramatic fashion, emotional game, went home, and then back to San Francisco in four days. That was asking a lot. Plus the refs, there was just like 100 penalties all against the Giants. But uh, that's okay. That's okay. I'm looking forward to a whole good NFL slate this uh, this week. and. Uh, Getting back, I finally, you know, won a game, won a game, double my winnings. All right, let's get to some of these comments. Did you put them in the little starred section there, Ironhead? I sure did, Jerry. Uh, Chris says, why don't you have guests from the left and debate them? I'd be glad to. You got any suggestions? Most of them don't want to. Nobody goes on and debates anymore. Every Tuesday, by the way, I stopped tweeting about this because they we got bumped for breaking news a couple of times. But every Tuesday, I'm on Newsmax. And I debate a liberal. That's Newsmax. That's not something you ever see on CNN or MSNBC, rarely on Fox. Uh, uh, Wes Clark Jr., son of the general, uh, big liberal. And we bat, we go at it about climate change. We played one of them uh, a couple of weeks ago and different issues. And, you know, this week he was calling Trump an anti-Semite. We were going at it. They only give us a couple minutes. But it's genuine, you know, right versus left debate. And you never see that anymore. Just they, people don't do it. Like Tucker Carlson had Adam Schiff on his show one time, like five years ago, and they went at it. He had Michael Avenatti. Nobody does that anymore. I'd be glad to, but people don't want to. They don't want to fight. It's too bad. Um, what uh, question for Jerry? The border. Do you think there's an angle where big business wants migrants for cheap labor? Yes, I do. There's no question about that. Uh, it's too bad that they place this, that, you know, cheap labor above the the health and well-being of the country. And I think, again, people are waking up. If this isn't a wake-up call, nothing is. And there's going to be real pushback. I'm not sure, you know, that they're going to, Chicago, which voted for Biden by uh, with 96% of the vote, or the district that were, uh, uh, that, that's doing all the kicking and screaming about the migrants, I'm not sure they're going to suddenly vote for Trump. But the pendulum is going to swing a little bit. And uh, again, it's a risk the Biden people are willing to take just to overwhelm the country with illegal aliens and crime and drugs. They're willing to take that risk in 2024 to assure victory in, you know, 20, whatever, 36. They're looking long. (laughs) There's the long view and they think they can change the demographics and that's what they're doing. And it's impeachable to say the least. It's criminal. Every Republican should be talking about when they ask you about if you're on DeSantis or Vivek or Trump, when a reporter asks you about climate change, say, I don't want to talk about climate change. Let's talk about the border. When they ask you about race relations, when they ask you about abortion, say, nope, not doing it. Let's talk about the border. Jerry, do you think Brad Marchand deserved to be a Bruins captain? Yes, I do, Rich. I do. He's a little pest and it's a little dirty little punk, but I like him because I saw him at a coffee shop near my house. He lives near me and uh, 
he was very cool and very nice. We talked, we were in line waiting for our coffees and he was very nice. So there, I, I want him to be, uh, to be captain. He deserves um, it anyways, even though he doesn't just like coffee, Jerry. Right. No, he did. I, it seems like he's talking to everybody. He was very nice to everybody. His kid was playing hockey at, and his kid's like you know, five years old or something. Uh, Chappie says, I think X and Rumble, along with podcasts such as this one, are finally allowing the pendulum to start swinging away from the insanity of the past three years. I hope so, Chappie. I hope so. That's the goal. It's tough because Biden couldn't get away with anything if he didn't have the media, mainstream media in his back pocket, if he didn't have the Washington Post, if he didn't have the security state, the DOJ, the FBI. I mean, we, we're, we're seeing the corruption. We're seeing the you know pure cynicism and we're seeing through the, 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 the cover up from the mainstream media. We're getting a good look at it. Just get online, get on Twitter. Look at this pictures, the video from the border. It is really alarming. Uh, if climate change is not real, how can the California sue oil companies for lying about climate change? I don't know. Good question. I don't care. I'm climate changed out at this point. I really am. Oh, I had a debate with, uh, with um, um, Wes Clark the other day about that. They're suing. California is suing the attorney general, suing oil companies. And he was in New York talking about it on CNN. I'm saying, wait a second. Isn't California the place where we see all the smash and grabs and all the carjackings and a, and a sheriff's deputy got assassinated the other day. This is what the attorney general's doing, suing oil companies. I'm sorry. That's not the priority right now. It really isn't. I think a lot of people are climate changed out. Does Trump ever participate in a Republican debate? I certainly hope so. I don't even know how many more there are. I certainly wish he would. And uh, I don't think he's going to, he's not going to upstage the debate by going to, to uh, Michigan and talking to auto workers. Not like last time when he did the Tucker uh, interview that got a million, you know, whatever, 50 million views. This one, again, he should be at the border. That's the way to get the attention. If you really want to try to upstage the debate, Jerry, do you think the Pats will go seven and 10? That's about right. I tell you what, if they lose Sunday and they go all and three, it's over and they lose to the jets, that is going to get, it is going to get ugly in new England. And that is something we haven't seen. They haven't been 0-3 since 2000. That is 23 years by my calculation. And indeed, people will start uh, questioning Bill Belichick for the first time in a couple of decades. But all right, we will leave it there. Thanks for all those questions and comments. Thanks, Ironhead. Uh, have a great weekend. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show. And we will do it again Monday morning. But I'm going to go to bed. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.